what is good my divine dolls and my divine dudes so it is tuesday i've been losing track of my days <laughs> um super excited for tomorrow anyways no 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 we're not doing that on this one this is how rich people think by um steve seabold one of my favorite authors turn your ambition into action one of my favorite subtitles let's get right into it so it says here, the subtitle says, middle class believes money is their enemy. Mm. World class believes money is their friend. And listen, already, I'm already in love with this. Um, this definitely resonates with me. Listen, I even have, I think on a couple of my thumbnails here. A picture of it. It's a black lady with, you know, sleeping next to a couple of racks of, of stacks of cash in her bed. Now, cash is a little bit dirty, you know what I'm saying? But listen, Bay, business and enterprises, cash rules, everything around me like cream. What's good? Let's get into it. It says, um, the masses, right? So we've been talking a lot about the difference between how 95% of the world thinks, right? And so when you're having conversations with people, you're going to be falling into that small uh, minority, right? Let's move another pebble from the poverty mindset and the lack mindset and the middle class mindset to the world class mindset. Okay, let's go. It says, the masses have a dysfunctional adversarial relationship with money we are taught that money is scarce mm, hard to earn and harder to keep people of influence in childhood instructed us to work hard and hoard as much money as possible teachers coaches parents clergy and other authority figures most of whom had little money conditioned us to see money as a necessary evil y'all when i tell you steve seaboat like the way that he wrote these the word that's coming to mind is concise right just that one sentence is is um jam-packed with words that really paint a strong picture right most of whom had little money conditioned right we talk a lot about programming how are we brought up how are we groomed necessary evil right almost if it's the enemy it's kind of like ooh, you don't really want to have too much money i mean even when you look at what's going on with the dating world you know it's a necessary evil it's like the the masculine has to be a provider and a hunter but oh 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 you know don't let the woman say that he needs to, to um provide or hunt for too many things because that's evil, right? Let's get back to this. It says the world class has the same woo, childhood experience, but along the way had exposure to a higher thought level that changed the way they think about wealth. Now, I love that because, you know, um, he's giving you the benefit of the doubt. For, for the most part, 95% of us, like, like I said, you know, um, this is how we grew up. For the most part, um, I will say this: California, just recently, within the last year or two, from I think from from since we've had the pandemic, 
recently added uh, financial literacy to its curriculum. There's only, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, like only 15 states that have financial literacy as a part of its curriculum. And so, you know, it the, the odds are that you most likely had those teachers, those coaches, those parents, that type of upbringing. But the difference is, is that even with listening to something like this, somewhere along the line, you, here it says you, had exposure, right? Exposure to higher thought level that changed the way you think about wealth. It says they learn that money is not the enemy, but one of their greatest allies and friends. It is a friend that has the power ooh, to end sleepless nights of worry. Listen, I know this is the truth. It is a friend that has the power to end sleepless nights of worry. Okay. Physical pain and even save their life. For those of you who are like into um, manual labor or having to, you know, get up early and drive long hours and be with people who don't treat you well, don't appreciate you, <laughs> stress you TF out, right? You get to a place where when you have enough of it, you're eliminating things like having to be subjugated to physical pain and can even save your life, right? I think that's more so talking about it. I've heard several stories where, um, you know, just couldn't afford the health care that they needed and or it resulted in not, you know, getting treated as quickly as they should have. Right. It says they learn that money is not materialistic. That is so huge. I think I'm going to um, I've been trying to talk about that a little bit the best way I know how. It's not materialistic. It's currency is what I, I call it. Right. It says people are materialistic. Come on now, Steve Seabold. Mm. Um, money is just a medium of exchange without attachment to anything good or bad. This is this. Um, remember last week we were talking about um, look for something in, in messages when you're learning about health and wealth and money and abundance and prosperity Pick out something that you can repeat to yourself over and over and over to recondition, reprogram, rewire your mind. I think for me, just off the bat, this would be the one. Money is just a medium of exchange without attachment to anything good or bad. Okay. Blaming money for greed and materialism (laughs) is like blaming food for making people fat. It's delusional thinking. The rich see money as a special friend that can help them in ways no other friend can. And these positive feelings lead them to build a stronger relationship every day. The more money you acquire, the more you understand it. And the more you understand it, the more good you can do with it. The great ones continue to cultivate and nurture their relationship with money by thinking about how to earn more. This is so true, y'all. When I tell you, um, I have three tabs open, um, and one of them is a compound investing uh, calculator. The other one is my calculator, and I guess I, I have it on, on two separate tabs. I stay calculating, like, right before I came on here, I um, did a search on 
passive income for oil. So I'm listening to what they're having to say for that one. But I'm already looking for other ways. I've already mentioned I'm looking to get into buying gold and silver. Now seems to be a really prime, you know, the gold coins, gold bars, right? The great ones continue to cultivate and nurture their relationship with money by thinking about how to earn more, how to invest wiser, and leverage as much as possible, right? I've mentioned that um, a couple of the streams of income I'm in, one has 3%. I'm living off of 3% off of my income, and the other one brings 22%, and then the other one I was in had 10% returns. One was per month, one was per week right? But how do I leverage it? How do I take the majority of it to to work for me, right? Um, it says the rich do this, they, the rich do this so well that they often acquire more money than they'll ever want or need, which is typically when they turn their attention to giving the excess away to charitable organizations. Okay. Um, and I love that, right? Contrary to popular belief, I'm not against charity. I just have some little gripes because um, people are not appreciative of it, is one. And then two, sometimes you think you're helping people. And um, the best way to help people is if it's going to advance their, you know, their progress, not to a point where it's charity and they're still dependent on it and they can't grow or ascend from it to where they become self-reliant. So that's, that's just my two cents. It says, these groups wouldn't survive without the success and generosity of the wealthy who have adopted money as a close friend. See, and that's kind of the, he kind of highlighted the problem there, I think not intentionally. But he says, these groups wouldn't survive without the success and generosity of the wealth who have adopted money as a close friend. And that's unfortunate because, you know, every one of us is capable of making money. Some of us have, you know, things like discrimination or prejudice where people just don't want to straight hire you because, you know, you got a little bit of melanin in the skin or you have the phenotype of a black woman. You know what I'm saying? But that's okay, though. Right. Or you might not be the quote unquote right gender, maybe the right culture. Right. Um, And so what I was saying about the um, charitable organizations, a lot of people have the misconception that charity is for is to give to everyone um but um i've mentioned this before another book that i was reading it was i if i'm not mistaken the wealth of abundance it talks about how important it is it has to promote and advance that person you don't want to just every month be giving somebody a hundred dollars and every month they're going to be like it says here won't be able to survive without it no you want to show them how to invest it right Give them the $100, have them put it into something like I've mentioned before, Novatech, have them put it in there for 70 years, and they'll be financially independent, right? But it's <clears throat> it's things like um, one of my favorite that I, I really liked also a while back, we were learning about the Sigma, the Six Sigma, and um, there was one of the, the colleges or one of the programs where even like the auntie could sponsor for her niece or nephew to take the Six Sigma certification with the job and they would pay for it. 
you know what I'm saying? But um, Six Sigma is really, really cool. It's it's some nerdy stuff. But um, Next Lifetime, <laughs> I would definitely take that. Um, or I could probably even still just take the course, but I don't have necessarily a business to apply it to unless I were to apply it to my own. But anyways, I say all that to say, like, even right here, it's kind of saying, I think that that's a limiting belief. It's like, charity is not to... Um, to keep people in a place where they can't survive without you. The real um, charity would be from these people teaching, you know, how they made the money to help other people make the money or and or give them a job. And, and again, I don't want to bash too much because at the end of the day, I've said this before too, I think once I started to understand that there are higher laws that you operate out of when you become wealthy and you understand that charity is important. And I'm not going to bash you for how you give or how much you give at the end of the day because you saw something of value in there. I'm just saying that I still would, but I would be, you know, fine tune it and make it my own. So nothing wrong with that at the end of the day. Let me not be on that bandwagon where I'm bashing people for what they give. I just would fine-tune it. All right, let's get into rich resource. So it says, Ooh, oh my gosh, you guys, listen. No, y'all, this is a raw reaction. I cannot make this up. Oh my gosh. Rich resource, the book is investing in gold. Y'all, it's moments like this when you talk about divine timing and, you know, what you seek is seeking you. I've been talking to you guys. I've been wanting to get into gold. This is crazy. This is the rich. It says the essential safe haven investment for every portfolio by Jonathan Spall. That's P-A-L-L. Listen. It is moments like this. You can't tell me nothing. You can't tell me anything. I'm a, let me, for those of you who are still here, I'm, and then we're going to do the critical questions. I'm just going to look this up real quick. I'm just going to see if it's available on Amazon, <clears throat> which is my favorite, but I'm pretty sure I could just buy it off of Barnes and Noble. Let me just check something here. Investing in gold <laughs> for dummies. Oh, didn't think about that. Jonathan Spall. Let's see what it do. Oh, heck yeah. It's only $24. Oh, heck yeah. There's another book here for $12.99. The People's Gold. Everyone, everywhere, every time. How to Profit in Gold. Professional Tips and Strategies for Today's Ultimate Safe Haven Investment. That's another book by Stephen Spall. Professional Tips and Strategies. I actually might like that one better than the the one that's listed here wow okay so the next one is thinking question critical thinking question do you see money as your friend or as something you wish you didn't have to think about now that's a um like a trick question <laughs> but um I think if you if you see it as something that you wish you didn't have to think about, 
it's kind of like one of those things where you're just not comfortable with money, try to avoid it, and it's the necessary evil, right? But um, when money's your friend, you be, you want to swim in it, you want to stand in it. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, um, you start, like I said, just start, like, even how um, Steve Seabold said, you start thinking about ways to invest, how to leverage it, how to optimize it, how to make more, right? Um, yeah. So the next one here is action step. And it says, ooh, start telling yourself on a daily basis that money is your friend and a positive force in your life. And your mind will go to work to help you acquire more. Amen to that. Um, you know, I think that this one, this probably would have helped you move like a dozen pebbles over from the middle class stack to the world class stack. Because just even in, in the end, right there, he gave us like a couple more, right? Um, and... I just love that, you know, starting from now, start telling yourself on a daily, on a regular basis that money is your friend and a positive force in your life and your mind will go to work to help you acquire more. Um, Let's just keep this so short and so sweet and so to the point. Wow. Let's close out with this. It's a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. It says money, which represents the pros of of life, right? P-R-O-S-E, like poetry, if I'm not mistaken. Money, which represents the pros of life and which is hardly spoken of in parlors without an apology, is in its effects and laws as beautiful as roses. Mmm. I think that is such a beautiful quote, especially coming off of the last chapter that we just read right now. You know, Ralph Waldo Emerson got to the point where he said, it is as beautiful as roses. I mean, that's taking it from not wanting to think about it to seeing money as your friend, right? To something as beautiful as roses. So with that being said, I'm wishing you a powerful, upbeat, and productive week. Um, And until the next podcast, oh, oh, I know I need this next one. (laughs) And I'm working on this. Okay, I haven't really been sticking to the Monday schedule, but on a night like this where I'm just cooling off and waiting to fall asleep, um... Um, I we can definitely probably knock this out in the next couple of days. So we're on twenty seven, and there's only thirty chapters of this. Oh, oh, the shade. Ooh, look at this. It says, "This is a quote by Lawrence J. Peter. Don't knock the rich. When did a poor person give you a job? Listen, Mister Steve." Um, Siebold and whoever wrote this this quote here, Lawrence J. Peter. I'm looking. F- There's no lies detected. Where's the lie? Where's the lie? Don't knock the rich. When did a poor person give you a job? Okay, I'm done. I'm done.